Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast, where I partner with our biggest publishers and agencies to bring you the most current and cutting-edge research and stories on personal growth and development and improvement so you can be in the know and at your fullest capacity. I'm Kevin Miller. In this episode, I am back with Tyler Merritt for part two of our discussion to talk through his personal values and motives and habits and the key areas of life to see what drives him. In part one, Together, our focus was talking about stereotypes and marginalization. I'm a six-foot-tall white American male who has only experienced positive stereotyping and no marginalization. Tyler is a 6'2", dreadlocked black man in America who absolutely knows what it's like to be negatively stereotyped and marginalized. And I encourage you to listen to that episode if you haven't. But in this one... This is a behind the scenes on Tyler. If you don't know Tyler, he is a Nashville-based actor, activist, cancer survivor, founder of the Tyler Merritt Project, and author of the book, I Take My Coffee Black, Reflections on Tupac, Musical Theater, Faith, and Being Black in America. Over the course of Tyler's career, he's gained recognition through notable acting projects, including Kevin Probably Saves the World, Outer Banks, the outsider, as well as serving as the face of the worldwide teaching curriculum for the Gospel Project for Kids. And most recently, Tyler made headlines with his 2018 video that went viral called Before You Call the Cops. Uh, If you have not seen that, just type in Before You Call the Cops, Tyler Merritt, you'll find it. It's on a bunch of platforms. It's been viewed over 100 million times worldwide. He's appeared on Jimmy Kimmel, MSNBC, and the New York Times. Hey, if you find value from this self-helpful podcast, subscribe, leave a rating and review, and best of all, share something you learn from Tyler in this episode with someone else. You can connect with me anywhere at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Tyler Merritt. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tyler, the first area here is spiritual. 
And, uh, I, I mean, you're pretty outspoken in your spirituality, your faith, reading your book. I'm going to say it's not the safest church fodder, uh, that I grew up with in the South there. So I'm sure that that gets you some, uh, some discussions going on, but tell me about that. When you look at your spirituality overall, what are those key values that you live from? Yeah, man. I, 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 I first thought that I was going to get in trouble for saying this thing that I've been saying for a very long time now. Um, but then I realized how many other people echoed the way that I feel, but I say often that, um, I, I'm a huge fan of Jesus, but I'm oftentimes just not that big of a fan of his followers. And I, 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 man, seriously, we could spend, we could do a show just on that right now, but yes, thank you. But, but originally I didn't think that I, I had people that echoed that sentiment. You follow me? Like I thought that I was saying something that was so like wild by making that commentary. And then I started seeing all these people come out of the woodworks being like, yeah, I don't even call myself a Christian, but I love me some Jesus, you know? Um, which people can't hold together, really. If you do Jesus, then you are Christian. No, I don't accept it. But you can't, they can't, talk, we're back to containers. They, I haven't found, people can't hold that one. Yeah, yeah. And here's the truth, man. I mean, like, you know, I, I can try to erase the name. <laughs> Bro, I was on a podcast once and I and on, on, a, on a predominantly white podcast. And I said, um, we just need to, I, this is what I said, and I will never forget. Cause I remember the, um, guy who was hosting, it was like, oh, well, I don't know how this is going to go over. <laughs> but I said to him, I was like, we just need to deal with the fact that the word Christianity is becoming synonymous with the word racism. Hmm. And he was like, oh God. And I was like, but yeah, at the time specifically, it felt that way. You couldn't go on social media without some Christian being like, let me tell you about how the United States is a Christian country and God is a white man who oh, just Lord. Like I can't, I can't, um, all of that to say, you know, I talk about it in my book. A woman said to me one time, Tyler, you will probably always love Jesus. I became a Christian in high school and my, experience with meeting Jesus was so um, ooh, so heavy in the best of ways. So the chapter in our book is called, I was doing just fine and damn it, here comes Jesus. <clears throat> I actually I skipped to that chapter when I first started reading the book. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I had this experience at the summer camp. In a big puffy down jacket right yeah and a big puffy goose down jacket in the middle of las vegas 100 degree heat and um it's a very funny story but there was this moment kevin that was so i knew like bro i just knew i was like i'm never gonna be the same anymore like this this is it for me like and and at that moment I didn't realize how treacherous of a journey I was going to have with my spirituality and dealing with my own like guilt and shame and all of that stuff. But where I ended up landing now as a grown man is that Jesus that I fell in love with at that summer camp has never changed. Hmm. That Jesus has never changed the people around me. Sure. The situation. Sure. But as I've gotten older, I realized that the reasons that I fell in love with Jesus 
are the things that make the world better, that make the world more peaceful, that make the world more loving. That Jesus is the one that keeps me going, man. And um, I said in my Before We Call the Cops video that people often think I'm Muslim. And I say, and I'm okay with that. Like, um, this is not, I, I don't do well with some Christians. But if you are not a follower of Christ, I ain't mad at you about it. <laughs> I don't feel like I have to force my love for this Jesus onto anyone at all. My hope is, my, and I'll be honest, man, my hope isn't even like, if I love you like Jesus does, then hopefully you'll come to know him yourself. Like, I think, sure, when I was younger, I felt that way. But now, my, my hope above anything, above anything, is that when I leave this world, you go, I... I mean, I don't, maybe I don't know a whole lot about Jesus, but I kind of feel like Tyler loved me like that Jesus guy probably would have. If that's what I leave the world with, or that's the impression that you're with, that's faith. That's, that's faith to me. Yeah. How does that walk out in the day-to-day, week-to-week habits that you employ to invest, engage in your spirituality? Man, when I, early on in my spiritual journey, it was all about rules mm-hmm. for me. And um, in fact, the chapter right after, um, damn it, here comes Jesus is just called, I'm supposed to do what? Like, you know, I, I, I'm suddenly going, wait, so wait, I, I didn't realize that this mountaintop experience that I had was now going to become a, a rule, a book of rules. In fact, I talk about how before, before Jesus, I used to hang out because growing up in Las Vegas or right next to Utah, there's a ton, ton of Mormons, right? Beautiful, awesome Mormon that I used to hang out with, go eat their pizza at lunch and kick it. I went, became a Christian, came back the next, next after summer, came back and suddenly these Mormon friends of mine were now the enemy. Mm-hmm. I was like, what, trying to look at what did you do to my gospel? What did you do to blah, blah, blah? This, that, and the You know, I was built on rules and I was built on um, what even individuals that are listening to this now are going to go, but you can't change what the words of the Bible say and this, that, and the other. And I was built on I, I, everything I, I knew was built on that. And that ended up causing a lot of fear inside of me too, man. So... Now, how I walk that out is I just don't live in fear anymore. I, I live in love and his grace, which is something I wish I could have discovered as a young man. And I don't use that as, a, as an excuse to do what I want or to give bypass to what individuals would call the sins of the world or whatever. I just know that... Um, I didn't fall in love with Jesus for the rules. That wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't it. um, And I, I don't know many people who have ever decided to follow Jesus because they were like, these rules look really fun. Or I think that if I act a certain way, I'm going to be able to, to receive this love from God. So now, man, I, I, in my everyday life, I walk this out like, where are the opportunities that I have in the world to love the best that I possibly can? And I look for that stuff, bro. I, I seek it out. I will seek it out. Um, I, in my phone, 
Um, I have my notes section. I have the names of homeless people that are in my area. Um, uh, and I, I say homeless, they're not without homes, but, um, I have a lot of individuals that are, that are in Nashville that I will take a picture of and I'll put their name in my phone hmm. specifically. So that when I see them again, I'm able to go, what's up, Jason. Hmm. And to watch that individual go, my God, why does this random guy that I don't even remember, remember my name? Why am I important to this person? Like, that's an opportunity for, that's Jesus stuff right there. You know what I mean? Like, the Bible is, is full of that stuff. And, and I want to seek that out, man. So that's how I try to live it in my everyday. Okay, well, there couldn't be a better segue. The next category is just relationships in general, other people. And you just talked about a relationship with Jesus. You just talked about a relationship with, with homeless. So give me a, a perspective on the values that Tyler has with relationships as you look at your fellow humans. Well, you're going to, what I'm about to say falls in, it plays into all of my, everything else that we're probably going to talk about, this plays into. I am a firm believer, man, that you can't do this life alone. Um, and as a 40, now 46 year old bachelor with no kids, I left my parents. I moved out of my house when I was 17 to go to college and never moved back. So I haven't lived with my parents or even in the same city um, since I was 17 years old. Um, I've played in a band and those guys in my band were like family to me, okay. like brothers to me and their wives, like sisters to me. Um, I have friends in my life who I, I hold the closest to me, um, my brother, James Iglehart, and I'm saying names because I, 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 I'm trying to draw the picture of like how very specific they are to me. It's not just an idea of, I got some people out in my life that matter. No, 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 no. These people are like pillars to me. My, my brother, James Monroe Iglehart, my brother, Rob Curitan, Shannon Albrecht, who's one of my best friends in the whole world. My friend, Sarah, Lisa Mortali, um, they're, they're individuals. Um, my girlfriend, Jen Hatmaker, who's fantastic. They're individuals in my life who they give me life. Yeah. And it is important for me to have them there. Not only is it important, important, I would say that it's mandatory to not live this life alone. And look, if you're married with kids, you probably don't have the option not to live. Like you walk into your house every day and go, I do not have the option. But I would even push people that are married to go, look, have some more people in your life that aren't people that you are forced to have to be with. Yeah. Right. And then in the midst of that, you build those relationships, but then you pour in this huge dose of communication. Right. And um, I think it's really important to the friends that are in your life to say, look, we're going to have these mountaintop moments where we just have a good old time. We party and we come over and we kick it. We're also going to have these times where I'm just going to need you there for me. And I want you to know that I'm there for you as well. And that this isn't going to always be light. It's going to be some darkness and you need to know I'm there for you. And if you're there for me, then let's go. I get blamed this all the time in, in a good and bad way. I am like painfully loyal to my friends. 
painfully loyal. Um, if you've been there for me once, I got, I got you. It's almost like this. I grew up in Las Vegas where there were a lot of gangs. There was this gang mentality. Like once you jumped in, you're in. Yeah. Like if I, almost this mafia, mafia mentality. If I claim you, you're there. So those are the people in my life, man. And um, I have to. It's 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 not an option to not. Are you a frequent communicator? <laughs> With the individuals that I see often, sure. Um, but I also have those friends that we may not talk for three weeks, and I could shoot them a text about anything, Kevin. A bit could be about anything. We may not have talked for three weeks. Shoot them a text message, and it's like I got you. Um, but my best friend, Shannon, I see almost every single day or talk to her every day. Of course, um, my girlfriend, I talk to her every day. There are a handful of people that I talk to every single day. You know who I do not communicate the most with? And this is going to make some people very, very upset. Um, especially if you've read my book, I am the worst communicator with my mother. Mm. I'm that kid. I'm that kid where my mom's like, call me. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> or I haven't talked to you in two weeks. What are you doing? What's great is that she's fantastic and she knows her son, but um, I, man, I am incredibly jealous of these people that are like, I talk to my mom every day. We get on the phone two or three hours a day. Like, I'm like, I can't, I, I, I don't have two or three hours a day to talk to my mom. I wish I did, but you know, I'm, I'm probably not that great that way. We'll finish up the podcast early so you can call your mom, Tyler. Uh, health and wellness is the next one and this is just little health and wellness physical uh health and wellness your diet exercise where does that fall on values and practice well so i have cancer which i, I i'm not sure how much we talked about that but we, we um, didn't at all i mean it's part of your bio cancer survivor but yeah. yeah so i have a rare form of cancer called liposarcoma yeah and um at the age of 44 um, I found out that I, I had a 28 pound cancerous tumor in my abdomen. That's ridiculous. Which you might go, that's like four kids, Tyler. Yeah. How yeah. did you not know that you were carrying that? So right around um, the time of the pan right around when the pandemic started, I'm an actor. So typically I try to stay pretty healthy, but when the pandemic started, all our actor friends, we were all like gain weight. None of us are shooting, like eat what you want, live how you'd like. And I did that. But then, um, I booked this uh, Hallmark Christmas movie and I was like, I should probably lose some weight and get back to like looking half decent. So I kind of went on a mission to try to get, you know, back in, in, into shape. And I realized that all of my body was shrinking except for my stomach. Like I was kind of Santa Clausing a little bit, you know, and I, I can go back and look on um, podcasts um, that I did. Uh, one of my friends, Ben Higgins, we did a podcast and I'm looking, I go back and look at it now and I'm like, you did not look well. Like what was happening there? What was happening is that I was sick. Yeah. And um, through a series of things, I ended up finding out they end up going in and doing surgery. It's one of those cancers that you can't really have radi radiation or chemo, which I was thankful for, but instead you have to um, have surgery. So um, they slice me open from my chest to the bottom of my stomach. I have an incision that's like a mile long. Um, they went in, took out, the tumor and one of my kidneys. Oh. Um, so I'm, I have a single kidney. Um, they talked about how they might have to take out some of my colon, but they didn't. 
And um, they were also pretty clear that they may not be able to get the entirety of the cancer. And so there, I still have some leftover that's still there, but it's not really causing any specific damage. And once it does, they're going to have to go back in and get the rest. All of this plays into your question. Um, I have been a, an avid walker for ever. Um, walking a pr- probably about four miles a day. Hmm. Um, that's the exercise that I need. And that exercise is also, now that I say that out loud, I should probably call my mom during that four mile walk. Perfect. Dang it. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got that value from this show. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places, it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens, such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses. So your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to AIR. D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com. Use promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. 
I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. Right, right. Um, but you know, I, I would walk four miles a day, and that's where I would clear out for my mental health. There were just a lot of things, and that would keep me feeling really good. What it also did is that it it masked my cancer, though, too. Right, like because I was healthy and walking, and always felt like I was mobile and moving. Um, my body kind of kept fooling itself like you're fine. And so after my surgery and after about six months of recovery, um, I got back to where I can walk again, like really walk well. And now my health, my physical health is mostly in walking and like doing some mild weightlifting. Um, And then my physical, like my diet and all of that, I'm a vegetarian and have been for 10 years. Um, But let's be clear that when people say vegetarian, they think that vegetarian means healthy. That is not the case. (laughs) No, you can be vegetarian and live on mac and cheese. 100% and And French fry. Come on, man. And Doritos, you know. So, um, well, and I've been vegetarian most, uh, past 30 years. We, we did, we did a couple stupid years of vegan and then, yeah. uh, vegetarian since then. And now my wife calls us flexitarians. So, <laughs> well, what's, what's great. Then, you know, the veget the vegetarian life we lived 10 years ago is different than the life we live now. Yeah. Like there's so much plant-based things that I can bring anybody into my kitchen, make them them something and they wouldn't even know, you know, but um, I try to be better and try to cut down salt and cholesterol in my diet. Um, But let me say, I love certain foods. I was going to say, give me some vices, Tyler. Um, I am a, I am a, big fan of a good hamburger bro like in in nowadays we have i'm you're gonna because you're a vegetarian i can say this to you you'll know it i'm allergic to impossible meat oh yeah okay (laughs) like pretty much the meat that is like the most meaty things i found out i was allergic to but well, um, well, because it is it's processed junk for the most part right and so i gotta look at i don't corn doesn't do well with me so i gotta look at how many 15 corn derivatives does this vegetarian meat have in it yeah Sure, sure. But uh, man, you give me a good Beyond Burger patty, bro. I will make that. To give me a hamburger, um, pizza. I love a good, a good donut, man. I w- send me to a donut shop. That that, is that's donut. that's biblical. <laughs> Fried dough, I'm good. So those are my vices, and I lean into those when I can. My worst problem, man. This is the truth: is that I'm a late night eater. Yeah. Um, Whew. So I've traded I've traded in my late night um, crap eating into eating um, cherries, um, um, honey crisp apples. The only apples that anybody should ever eat. I don't know why anybody doesn't eat why why there aren't only just honey crisp apples. Those are the best apples in the world. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, and um, actually, I'll pistachios. Huh. I will eat pistachios, some cherries, and some um, honey crisp apples is my like late night snacks, man. So Quality. there you go. There's a Tyler diet. I like it. I like it. We'll put that on a meme and it'll go viral. Uh, next, mental. Mental health, mental wellness, your mental, even I like to look at it even as your mental state. What is the goal for you and what do you do to keep yourself there? First, I just want to say to anybody listening, like you have to be able to say, you have to be okay without, you have to be okay in saying that I'm not okay. Hmm. And that's where it all starts. It's like you have to be okay with going, I am not all right. And just because you work 80 hours a week nonstop and you get off of work, go work out and go to sleep and wake up and, you know, ask yourself, am I masking something and working 80 hours a week so that I'm not dealing with other parts and pieces of my life? Um, Also, in something that we're starting to get a little bit better now within black culture is we're not big fans of therapy. Like black folks typically aren't like, I want to go pay somebody to talk to about my feelings. That's not really like a black cultural thing. Hmm. Um, But we're starting to get a little bit better with that. I feel like across the board, Um, I think therapy is hugely important, but more so than anything for me is alone time. Um, I have to have it. Um. Time alone, and this is where my walks come in. People that are my, all of my friends, they know. If I go on a walk, they aren't like, let me go walk with you. They know that my walk time is my, it's my therapy time. Well, and what you said, I should call my mom then. I mean, I, so I, every day I'm, I'm generally out running or riding on a trail. I don't do it with other people. I sometimes do it with music, never talk. A lot of times, man, that is just, that's me and me and me, me and God. That's pretty much it. That keeps me sane. Yeah, it yeah. keeps me sane. I wrote my whole book walking, like like I I, I it's, it's an exercise that my favorite rapper Jay Z uses, where he'll make up rhymes in his head. He doesn't actually write his rhymes down. Which if you're a hip hop fan and you listen to Jay Z, it's amazing he does that. But I I acquire that thing from him where, um, when I was writing my book, I would write a whole chapter in my mind on a walk come home and then just be able to spill it all out because I, had, mm. you know, taken it all in. Um, my friends know I, man, listen, my friends will tell me in a heartbeat if they think that I'm too grumpy, if they think that I'm having an attitude that day, the first thing they'll say to me is, have you not walked lately? And they're usually right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I haven't had a walk for a couple of days now. So that's my jam, man. That alone time. Um, and, and, also, man, I don't know if you're familiar or if your listeners are familiar. I I, I use this thing called the Calm Calm app, C A L M. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Man, listen, I have a subscription to it, and I don't use it as often as I should. But I'll I'll do some guided meditation sometimes, man. With that, that it's amazing what'll happen if you just take some time to yourself and just chill. But you have to partner that with being able to communicate with people, your friends, your loved ones. Being able to say that you're not okay, therapy, all of those things, I think they're hugely important. I did starkly notice the omission of goat yoga. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my proudest moment. 
That's just, that's just funny. I've seen, I've seen pictures of that, you know, the walking though that you do with so much talk about meditation. And I think we, you know, we, we do tend to put that in there. You got to sit down in the Lotus position and levitate a little bit. And I find so many people who have their methodologies of meditation, like you walking for me, uh, yeah, running, being outside, whatever, but people have it in different ways. Uh, yeah, I ran, I ran once. <laughs> I was like, I'm cool. Don't yeah. ever have to do this again. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, all right, man. The next one is is work, career, business. What is the the value there? You seem to have a fairly, uh, somewhat varied career. I mean, now you're, you know, you're author and uh, doing a lot of things. But what is the value that you are trying to instill or to embody and to hold? For your career and how do you keep that where you want it to be? So as a creative, um, I will never be in a situation, no matter what my work life is, that I'm not wanting and desiring to be creative on some level, right? And I've also, throughout the entirety of my life, I've tried to keep a day job, always. I have always tried to keep a job, day job, no matter how um, successful I have been outside of like a quote unquote, nine to five. And now I'm into the place where financially, where I don't need one, you know, thank God at all. Cause I've turned my creativity and hustle into, into what I do in my life. But creativity for me, I've always thought if I could find a way to have a career and be creative in the midst of it, then I will, uh, that I'll be okay. Yeah. And so whether I, I used to work at a retail store back in the day, I would be folding jeans, man. And as I was folding jeans, I was working on song lyrics, you know, or I was always looking for an, a, 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 a place and a time to be creative in the midst of that. And that stuff never leaves me, right? Never. So I feel the most um, vibrant when I'm creating. So now, in my everyday professional life, this is what keeps me the most busy. I'm an actor, so I'm constantly auditioning and reading new scripts and my agent sending me things. That's a big part. So I have a studio where I lay down um, my self-tapes and auditions. Um, I'm a communicator. So, of course, in the midst of podcast and writing and all of those things, be it social media, um, I'm creating content with the Tyler Merritt Project. And what's great now that's different than, say, three years ago is three years ago, I used to feel this pressure like I had to put content out into the world. Now, I only put out content when I feel led to. Like, I feel zero pressure to have to speak on anything. And although people come to me for advice as far as, like, social justice and kind of things going on in the news, um, I don't feel the pressure to put anything out there unless I want to. So, with that, I also love songwriting still. So all of those things, um, acting, uh, communication, content creation, songwriting, um, all of those things are, are what I would consider my, my business. And um, the goal, I guess, for everybody is to be able to take the things that we are passionate about and actually make a living from it. Um, I want to encourage people that are writers, um, that are that are creatives. The difference between those of us that have began to make money off of our creating and not is that we've never 
we've we never stopped. <laughs> I, I will admit I don't have kids. And I, it's just me. So I can be a broke artist, right? Um, but there are many times where I've thought, I just want to throw all these creative things away and aside. And if I would have, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah. Um, so never, I, I just will never stop creating, never stop doing those things I'm passionate about. And thank God those things worked out for me to be able to actually make a living out of as well. And I, and I love it, man. I love my life that way. And I assume that as you, as, as all my guests are on the show, you're here because you've had, you know, some, some levels of success and influence. And as such, you get a lot of opportunities coming your way. I would assume that that is your barometer to say whether I'm going to take that or not. Is that going to allow me to be creative or is that going to cut into my creativity? Yes, no. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I think that's an important question to ask. Yeah, fully. On the topic of broke artists, uh, next one is money, finances, wealth. And, and you did also say that you're at a place financially where you don't have to keep the, the, the day job on the side. But tell me about the value that you have felt around money. So I wish that this would be the section of this conversation where I dive into some deep thing about money and people are going to walk away going that right there, that guy, what Tyler said about that $10 bill is going to change my life. But anybody that knows me, if they're listening to this podcast, that knows me really well, they know where I'm going to go with this. (laughs) I'm the worst when it comes to money. And one of the reasons why I'm the worst is because Money, man, listen, I I swear people are going to want to write me and talk to me about this. I do not hold value to act to money. Money doesn't hold value to me. And I'm going to try to explain what that means because it's a very jacked up way. And there's going to be people listening going like, you're crazy, dude. But because I've been broke times and I'm talking like my friend Shannon will be like, oh my gosh, I'm broke. And she'll have like $10,000 in savings. No. I've been broke where like, I'm going, I have $4 in my bank account, right? And my parents, although my mom is a banking guru, she will be the first to tell you one of the biggest mistakes she ever made in her life was not teaching her child more about money. And I'm the, I'm the only child. And so what my parents didn't, they weren't well off, but they had enough money that they could have given me money to like be okay. But they were kind of like, not that way. They were like, go survive. And I look back on it and though they regret that sometimes I'm happy that they did that because it made me responsible, but because I know what it's like to be broke, I don't have a whole, I don't have a lot of fear in not having money. Hmm. So, so that's caused a couple things with me. The more money I get, the less that that money has tangible, actual value. And this is what I mean. Hmm. Say I'm carrying four twenties in my pocket. Okay. And I stumble upon a home, uh, you know, uh, somebody asking for money. I will reach to my pocket and pull out a bill and hand them what a singular thing out of my pocket. That pot, that could have been a $1 bill. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. But it, it, to me, if it's a 20 or a one, there's no difference to me. Like zero difference. As long as I have money in my bank account, as long as I can pay my bills, as long as I'm okay, 
I don't think about money any other way. Like as long as I'm all right, if I, my, as long as my bills are paid, I'm not in debt. Um, and I, I, I can look at my bank account and go, I I'm not, I'm not broke. Um, people that are close to you will tell close to me. They'll tell me this. Cause I don't tell this a lot. It's probably the first time I've ever said on a podcast. I give a lot of money away. And I, the reason why I don't talk about it is because who wants to talk about it? If I give a, a, a crap ton of money away, I would, my friends joke that I'd probably be a millionaire if I didn't. Um, but that also goes into the fact of like, as long as I'm okay, money doesn't really hold a lot of weight to me, man. And that's not a good way to live your life. <laughs> it's not, it's just, it's, I mean, I get, it depends, I guess how you look on it, but technically it's not like when you, the more money you get, you should start to think about stocks and bonds and investments and this and that and all of that. And you really should like, yeah. I feel like that's smart. Right. But for me, as long as I'm okay and the people around me are okay. Jen and I joke about this all the time. I'm like, I can always make some more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply there's some other people that i've had on the show um probably a surprising number that are very similar they figured out how to make money that helps and money is not an intrinsic motivator i mean tyler it is not for me it's uh, my wife said this a long time ago in our marriage that we both for, for better and, and maybe more for worse we tend to look at it kind of like monopoly money like i just yeah. it's just whether there's a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars it's Kind of that. If we can, as long as I can get the groceries I want when I go to the store right now and and eat what I want, I'm kind of good. I don't know that right. that's best. It's it's. It, I don't know if I set my kids up well because but that's what that's what I'm saying. What, yeah. For me, I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about that part. But yeah, I feel like if I did have kids, I feel different. Um, I don't know. My the people that are closest to me, they feel very different, and they always joke about me about how I feel about money. Because yeah. I'm always like, I'll just let me just pay the bill. And I don't, in my mind, I'm not thinking I'm doing this huge feat. I'm just thinking like, I have the money. Yeah. Why not? It's, I can't take it with, can't take it with me. Yeah. You know? Yes, I do. I do. Not good. Last one, man, is your interests, hobbies, play, fun. What does Tyler do? I'll just start there. What's Tyler do for fun? Um, people need to know this. If I am ever on vacation, which I don't take, um, ever I, I i i'm better at it now because my girlfriend likes to travel like her whole thing is like adventures she wants adventures all the time and so she's always like let's go here and i'm like i, I that's not how i operate um but if i am ever if i ever say i'm going to go on a vacation or my happy place my happy place is new york city um which isn't for a lot of people but for me it is and when i go to new york city this is how i live I want a hotel that's on um, in the theater district. I don't want to be far away. I want to be in. I want to be able to walk out of my hotel and go to a theater across the street. Hmm. 
Um, I want to go there for five days and have it packed with Broadway shows and random places to eat and um, stay up late, walk to the city because it's a city that never sleeps. Um, Man, I am such a music, theater, Broadway um, film guy that that that's like life to me. That's that's my escapism. Um, Gosh, I've been to New York City more times in the past probably five months and I have been probably all the entirety of my life. Hmm. Um, and those are the things that make me happy tonight. I, I, I don't know when this is going to air, but tonight I'm going to go see the new Baz Luhrmann, Baz Luhrmann movie Elvis. I don't know if you've seen previews for it. I just not long ago. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about it, but yeah. I, like that stuff. I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked. If someone says to me, what are you going to do tonight? They can be like, I'm going to go to the beach. No, me, I'm going to go sit in the movie theater for two hours and watch a Baz Luhrmann creation, you know, who did Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet. Like that's my jam. Um, Watching creatives create or artists do art. Gosh, that's, that's all, all day long, man. I can watch that from now until the cows come home. Interestingly enough though, I'm not a fan of things like um, video games. Mm -hmm. Um, I have super duper addictive behavior. So there are a lot of things that I just don't do because I'm afraid that it'll like kind of soak my energies up in the wrong way. Yeah. But if it spurs on my creativity, I will be smack dab there in the middle of it, man. How about self-care? What would you put in there? What's the consistent things you do for your self-care? Like walks. We we covered that. Yeah. Well, uh, I was asked recently, what, what's my vice? Because, I sound really boring because I, I don't, I don't smoke. I don't drink. Um, I don't eat meat. <laughs> like I just sound like really like, what do you do? You know, um, I can nap like, like a champion. Like um, I don't sleep well, meaning like I will be up at four o'clock in the morning and I'll take z to kind of help me get to sleep. But I've gotten to the point now in my life where when I feel like my body is tired, I will go and crawl in my bed. I will, I will, I will not fight it. Um, when I'm tired, I want to like crawl into my cool, crisp bed and, and get some sleep. So rest is self-care for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to not be that way. I used to be the absolute opposite. But now, if I feel, and I don't know, maybe it's post-cancer, but if I feel my body getting tired, I, I, I listen and go, go, go rest, go sit your butt down. And if you can close your eyes and get some sleep, actually do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how I self care. So in my life, Kevin, man, give me, give me New York city every once in a while. Give me, um, a few, a few walks, mm-hmm. you know, every, every week. Um, let me sleep when I'm tired and feed me pizza and hamburgers and we can kick it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a show right there. And thank you. You've got time to go call your mom now. Uh, I, I do. We're good. Right. Tyler, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing your heart, sharing your values and uh, sharing your joy. It's been a gift. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, my friend. All right, friends. Again, Tyler Merritt's book is I Take My Coffee Black, Reflections on Tupac, Musical Theater, Faith, and Being Black in America. You can find that wherever you get your books. 
Uh, it's just an incredibly entertaining read. It's convicting. It's a compassionate look at stereotypes, marginalization. Thank you, as always, for choosing to tune in to this, the self-helpful podcast with me, Kevin Miller. I'm grateful. If you got value, subscribe, leave a rating or a review about this specific episode. That would bless Tyler as well as me and let other folks know what to expect here. I sincerely hope I have helped you today in this episode. Help yourself.